There can be so much activities without movement if you don't respond to God's mind and mandate for your life. There possibly can be so much activities without movement if you don't respond to God's mandate for your life. Amen? Uh, someone like Paul, I mean Saul in the Bible had a lot of things to do and so on and so forth, but he couldn't go that far because there was a more response to God's mandate for his life. He walked in disobedience. Amen. And so I'm really glad to have this opportunity to be part of those who have been resourcing you since yesterday and even Thursday. And as Paul, you're most welcome for quite a time now. Bless you, madam. Thank you so much. Okay, uh, I know there have been so much definitions given. I was speaking to Maxwell. You know, sometimes he chooses topics that stretches your mind if you have to be part of what he wants to do. And so it's a little bit difficult to, for me to walk in maybe in his thoughts this time around. But I'm going to do my best. And one thing I would like to say again is this. If you want to grasp revelations from the Lord, you just need to be open. And you don't come to the place of comparison as to what have been taught or what have not been taught. But that I mean, because you have a lot of various phases of resource persons ministering to you, don't figure something in your mind, this man did better than this one. Just try to capture the vibration that it brought forth at that particular time and then walk with it. Is that all right? Now he said, what we have is pioneers of kingdom civilization. Actually, I'm going to be taking my time to stay on those two words. And uh, good enough, I'm told, Brother Paul and his have done a great job on the definition and explanation about the kingdom of God. So you've done part of what I'm supposed to do. So I'm not going to be spending too much time about the issue of the kingdom, but I'm going to be dealing with just the issue of pioneers and then civilization. Amen? If we look at the word pioneer, I'm just going to be saying a few things about that. Who is a pioneer? Number one, a pioneer is those who are among the first to enter or settle in a region those opening it for occupation and development by others. When he says a pioneer, it could be one of the first persons to settle in a region, opening up the region for other people to come in for development. So when you say kingdom pioneers, we are talking of those who moved into the understanding of the kingdom. And then people can move in through their understanding to get a stronghold, if you will, or a place to occupy for development. By implication, kingdom pioneers and men will open the doors for people to come into the understanding and to get developed within the kingdom sphere as far as God's word is concerned. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we can talk about those who have been the, the earliest or the very first people, the originals, the first of a particular kind as well. For instance, 
We talk about the Passover movement. We talk about the Pentecostal movement. We also can talk about the kingdom movement, if you will, or tabernacle movement. In that sense, you find that those who first got the understanding of what God is doing in all of these seasons, they are pioneers of those seasons. And if you go to follow them or understand what they are doing, you come into the realization of that which you have discovered. By implication, pioneers are people who envision, they get the vision of the move of God per time as God begins to reveal his mind to creation and to humanity. It means one among the first, the earliest in any field of inquiry, enterprise, or progress. And here I say it could be business. A pioneer man is the first to taste and to make moves and to reveal certain things that others have not revealed. And that I mean, it could be in business, it could be even in fashion, whatever thing it could be, you could be a pioneer. In that sense, you could be a pioneer in that which God is making you to see, even about your life. Praise the Lord. The pioneer group of people are like foot soldiers, dated to make inroads into territories for others to come and possess. You see, if, like, for instance, there are or there's a warfare going on between two nations, and a crop of soldiers were sent. Let me use the example of Caleb and Joshua and the twelve that went in to spy the land. They are like pioneers. They first see what the land was, and they can give reports about what the land is. And then those behind can move indoors to possess their own possession in Canaan. So you can term such people as what? As pioneers. Amen? Are we still together? Okay. Pioneers, that's what it means to take part in the beginnings of to lead the way for a group. And in this sense, I can use somebody like Daniel, somebody like Joseph. They first went into territories and they allowed other people to come in. For instance, in the case of Joseph, which is very unique in this sense. You can say he's a pioneer. He first went into Egypt and then through him, Goshen was delivered to his people. Are you still there with me? And some of you can have this pioneering grace. By implication, even your relations can come to the place of rest when this pioneering grace rests upon your life. You can move into territories that they have never talked before, they didn't dream about, but God has ordained it for them. But the grace to open this door rests upon you. And when you open this door for them, they come into their place of rest. So your family could be depending on you unknown to you. Hallelujah. Because you see, it was not the father of Joseph that opened Goshen. It is Joseph himself that opened Goshen to the whole nation of Israel. They came to the place of rest, to the place of abundance, because there was a pioneering grace upon the life of Joseph. And such a thing can rest upon your life. That is why it is not where you come from that is the issue. <laughs> it is your relationship with the Father to open you up to discover who you are originally from the hand of God. 
and what God intends to do with your life and through you. Hallelujah. Okay, summarily here I can say, we see that a pioneer is a leader, a trailblazer, a forerunner, and a pathfinder. It's a simple word. Pathfinder means he finds the path for others to come through. Amen? It's a pathfinder. So I want you to understand that. Okay. I, God is from Benjamin. One frankly Benjamin, he says this. We are the pioneers of the world. The advanced God sent on through the wilderness of untrained things. To break a new path in the new world. That is our cause. Listen to this. We are the pioneers of the world. The advanced God, the people sent forth first. Sent on through the wilderness of untried things. Things that have not been tasted. Things that have not been tried. Things that have not been seen. To break a new path. In the new world that is ours. By implication. Listen to this. There is nothing new under the sun. But there are new discoveries. Did you get that? Everything is available. But somebody has to discover something that has not been seen or heard. And he who discovers that is a pioneer. We're talking about the message of the kingdom. It's not as if it has not been there. It has been there. But somebody has not seen it. Along the line. And he who comes to discover it for the first time and make this known to the body of Christ is a pioneer. In your own locality, you can be a pioneer. In your family, you can be a pioneer. In your nation, you can be a pioneer. Even in the school where you attend, you can be a pioneer. Hallelujah. And then I said... Pioneers laid the roads for those who follow to walk on. And that is something I want you to understand. Because, listen to me. If you take a bulldozer, for instance, to open a road for other people to drive in, you can understand the roughness of the state that the bulldozer will go through before others walk through it. And pioneers' life are not an easy life. I'm going to make you see some of that, but... I just want to see if I can keep to time and work with time here. So let's move on. One of the attributes of pioneers is that of a lonely walk. And being misunderstood by many because their lifestyle most often does not conform to the societal norms in which they live in. Pioneers are not easily understood. Because they don't see as men sees. Therefore their life is always contrary. And they are often questioned by the way they want to live. But in the true sense, it is not because they want to live that way. But the spirit in them have to conform to the life that they live. It's not a choice the way they live. Is that alright? So if you have a pioneering spirit, you can be an awkward man even in the campus where you school. Because the lifestyle of the campus thing you see cannot fit into the frame that you are built with. Because you carry a different spirit 
all the time, wherever you find yourself. You can see the kind of lifestyle of people like Daniel, where there, is, there was no conformity, even while they were supposed to be oppressed by a system to get them conformed. They couldn't conform. Why? Because they were pioneers. Hallelujah. If you watch the life of Daniel, you can see very clearly that the pioneering spirit was in his life because he could open up what God's locked up for other people that they got to be there in 70 years and they must leave. It was a revelation to a man who has a pioneering spirit. And through him, there have to be deliverance or freedom from Babylon. That means the pioneering grace is a liberating spirit that rests upon certain individuals that God has raised for himself to set his people free. They understand the time frame of God's working. They know the timetable of God, if you will. They can see what others can see. The pioneering spirit. Hallelujah. Abraham was a pioneer. Now, don't you forget this. Abraham was not a Jew, but he was a Hebrew. I'm sure you're not confused about that. Hallelujah. Abraham was a Hebrew because Hebrew in the true sense means migrants. Those who are migrating, those who are moving. He was a Hebrew. And out of his Hebrew culture, Judaism came from. But he was not a Jew. He was a Hebrew by calling. Are you understanding what I'm saying now? Now, get this right. He left his home, Genesis 12, 1-4, and then Isaiah 51, verse number 2. God asked him to leave, not knowing where he was going to. And that's a kind of thing we are talking about. Is that all right? He was to, through him, another nation entirely was to come into place. It means another culture was to come into existence in the midst of the Mesopotamian, the Egyptians, whatever. All those nations were there with their various cultures. But this another culture that was rising again in the midst of these people. Very contrary to the one that had been in existence. The pioneering spirit. And that is where it is so difficult for people to understand you if you have this spirit. Because you are raising a culture that is not in existence. Which is contrary to the culture that is already existing. And the most difficult thing for any man to do is to break through an existing culture. So it's a hard place and it's a hard work. And like I said, it's a lonely walk. But the good thing about this story is this. When the spirit rests upon you, you have no choice of your own. Yes, Hallelujah. And I see that happening to so many of you. Yes. How many of you sometimes get so frustrated living amongst people? You don't know why you are looking frustrated. That's the pioneering spirit. Something is saying, come out of her, my people. Amen. And anytime God begins to speak that to your mind, you know that there is something he wants to raise through you. There is a need for you to respond to that inner voice, whatever it is. Glory to God. Pioneers are seen as non-conformists and troubleshooters. Anytime, anywhere. Hallelujah. They are seen as non-conformists and troubleshooters. You move to a system 
where God begins to unveil some things to you. And the unfortunate thing is this. Sometimes you discover that even in the midst of the culture you exist in, that is where God begins to say something else to you. Christians against the existing culture. It becomes a difficult thing. So to them, you are non-conformist. You are not conforming to the norms of the society. You are a bad guy. You are a bad egg or whatever. How many of you have read in the book of Acts chapter 17 verse number 6 the Bible says, and when they found that this Paul and Silas or whatever it is, that they, they drew Jason, you know, the statement they made was, the people that turned the wall upside down have come in here again. What wall were they turning upside down? Yes. They weren't throwing stones. They weren't insulting anybody. But they have a different ideology. A different philosophy that was contrary to the Greeks and the nations that they were existing in. A pioneer is a person whose thought and mind is a little bit, let me just be a little bit fair, a little bit different from what is in existence. They don't think normal, if you will. And then, I'm, I'm sorry to use the word, but they think abnormally. Why is it so? Because even Jesus was called a madman. Why? Because he think it was different. How many of you understand that? Paul was said to be a madman. If you are a pioneer to the world, you are mad. But we can't deny ourselves because we know who we are. The understanding of who you are in this regard is what keeps you going when men speak against you and say things against you and try to run you down because you carry a pioneering spirit. Hallelujah. They are visionaries by reason of the insight grafted them by the Lord to open up the way for others to follow. Pioneers are visionaries. And they are missionaries. I want you to understand that. They are visionary missionaries. They have an understanding from God. Like I said before. That they want the rest of the people to see. And so they often go forward as missionaries to prepare the ground. And because of that, sometimes the cost could be even their own lives. How many of you understand that even the missionaries that came all the way down to Africa, some of them died here in Africa? Every visionary sometimes died on the missionary field. Because they go to territories that is not conducive for them. That most often they are not accepted in. Visionary missionary leaders. They have a lot of price to pay. And sometimes with their own lives. Hallelujah. We know the story of Luther so much. Martin Luther, isn't it? That was a visionary missionary. Within the system of the Roman Catholic Church. He got something different from what his fathers had. He became a pioneer of reformation. But we know what finally happened to him. So the pioneering grace is with a lot of prize. Hallelujah. But the good story I have for you is that if you have a pioneering grace, you can't run away from it. You just can't do anything about it. You see what question that God 
Or Jesus asked Paul, said there is nothing you can kick against the pricks. You know what the pricks means? It's like got the ox and there are these two wooden stuff that is used to lock the animal so that the animal can't run. What God was telling Paul is that you can't escape from my hand. I've arrested you. And so Philippians said, have not comprehended that which have been apprehended. When you are apprehended, means you are arrested. So those with pioneering grace, they are under arrest. They are people who don't live with their own choice. They don't have a choice. Hallelujah. Let's look at a few things. Like I said, they pay most often the supreme price for receiving such information from the Lord. And sometimes live with pains of persecution. Pioneers. They live with pains of persecution. If you look at the book of Romans 10, verse number 10. There was this ministration that came to John at our Lord of Patmos. The angel appeared to him and gave him a little book. Remember that? And he said, I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up and it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I have eaten it, my belly was what bitter. Glorious thing comes to you. You get so excited when revelations of God have come in, but try to declare the revelation and you see the persecution that follows. And then you get angry. God, why did you give it to me? It was sweet in his mouth. The little book was the information contained. But because he received this revelation from God, the end point of that which he got was bitterness. The pioneering grace. Hallelujah. Are you there? Okay. So I said, they are often hated by reason of what they carry. Because most often, those sent as deliverance are never liked by the same people to whom they are sent to deliver. How many of you know that Moses went through a lot of terrible time in the hands of the Jewish people? Why? Because he was a deliverer. Anytime God drops the spirit in your life, don't expect everybody, especially those of your immediate family, to like you. Except by grace. Hallelujah. It so happened, Jesus will say, a prophet is without honor in his own town. Is this not this Moses of a man? Why? Because he carried the pioneering grace. Don't expect to be welcomed with open arms until one or two things begins to happen. Hallelujah. But one good thing again is this. These guys are sustained by the constant revelation that God brings to them. In the midst of the persecution, in the midst of the oppression, in the midst of the place that John the Beloved was, there was joy in his heart, even in the island of Patmos. Why? Because God keeps speaking to him. One of the greatest things that you receive as a pioneering man is the constant voice and word of the Lord. He keeps speaking to you to encourage you because he gave you the vision and the commission. That is what sustains you. That becomes honestly your daily bread. In the midst of confusion, he speaks to you. And because God speaks to you, joy wears up in your heart. But you move out of the house and there's oppression waiting for you. You come back home, he speaks to you again. Praise the living God. Pioneers. I want you to understand. Okay, so, I would like to move a little bit to the next word, which is civilization. 
You're going to try to keep within the time. Amen? So, understand what we just said. The concept of the pioneering spirit is to break grounds, is to open doors, is, is to show other people what have not been there. They make way for others to come into rest and their own possession. Amen? So, if you have a pioneering spirit, it means through you, some persons will definitely come into rest because you are there. Because you've been called to do that. And I pray that it's pretty working most of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. What I expect, honestly, at the end of this, of this camp meeting, end of this youth camp you keep having every year, is that some of you will blaze some trails that people have never seen before. I expect changes to come. Things that conform to God's mind and not what the world is producing. That is why you're a pioneer. You can't be everything that everybody is. Hallelujah. In fact, the fact that something is popular doesn't make it godly. Amen. You must get back to the Father to find the pathway in the Spirit so that those who are supposed to be, think about it, no matter what happens, even if Pioneer dies on the field, they are always remembered. The only thing is they are not ever acknowledged while they are alive, but if they pass on, they are never forgotten. They have a lasting memory. One of the pioneers of the message of the kingdom was Bill Britton. And when God started giving him this ministration in the United States in those ODLs, initially it was the Assemblies of God Church, but when he began to see this truth and begin to make some proclamation, he was rejected. He was even cast out. Even when he died, the brethren refused to bury him. It took other people to come to his assistance. Even in the dead corpse was rejected. That he was, he was, <laughs> hallelujah. Because he was proclaiming what was not normal. So when he died, the brethren refused to bury him. I mean, it's as bad as that. That is the price our pioneers pay. So it's not a cheap realm. But God can be glorified. So when we're talking about the message of the kingdom, men have paid some price. Even in this century and the past century that we've been, men have paid price to come to bring the message of the kingdom to us. And some of us who are just beginning to pick it up, we also know exactly some of the things that some of us have passed through. But like I said, it's a realm of arrest and there is nothing you can do about it. In fact, it's not all food that gets into your stomach if you're a pioneer. Do you understand that? So let me talk about civilization just a little bit. What makes up a civilization? I just want to give a simple illustration. I find it some time ago. And I find it relevant in this. It says, after a week in the woods, the author that I don't know now, without television or even Running water. The campus looked forward to civilization again. Listen to what I've said. When people go to boot camps to train in the forest, no television, probably no light. Is that okay? When they are through with the training and they are coming back to the city, 
it is likened to getting back to civilization. Simply put, civilization is the realm of enlightenment. Hallelujah. So you move from darkness to light. You move from ugly situation to beautiful situation. Amen. Civilization is simply a human society that has highly developed her material and spiritual resources. It has to do with the total culture and way of life of a particular people. Nation, religion, or period. So, because of that, you can talk about the Greek civilization. That was a period. Is that alright? You can even refer to the Egyptian civilization. That was a period. So, civilization has to do with a group of people. That relates to the total culture and the lifestyle of the people per time and per period. And there can't be a true civilization in that sense without a pioneer. Often a civilization is tied to an individual. Is that okay? Alright, so those two things are actually going together. Alright, I'll give you another definition on this. And it says, any type of culture, society, etc. of a specific place, time, or group. Just like I said. So we have what we call the Greek civilization. The Egyptian civilization. Is that alright? Okay. I want to look at what I call the concept of society in relation to civilization. That's the concept of a civilized society. What is the concept? God is right. As you all come here in this camp meeting and you call it spirit of reformation, you are already building a civilization that must revolve around norms and culture that are tied to a belief system. Is that alright? So when you say spirit of reformation, you are automatically referring to a civilization because it has to do with a group of people with common ideology, common belief system, common culture, that paved the way for other people who are not in that system to see something different from what they normally see. So, corporately and collectively, spirit of reformation becomes a pioneering move for the youth of this generation. If only you understand precisely what you are doing. Hallelujah. So like I said, the concept of a civilized society, what are some of the concepts when you say there's a civilized society uh, in relation to what I'm just saying now, civilization, what are some of the concepts? Number one is the ability to control all its members through the establishment of norms for all. That is why there's this word culture. Now, this is not to say imposing legalistic rules. Understand the difference. It's not a system of control, but it's a system of belief that agrees with specific norms that control us such who are in that civilization. 
And this thing can be developed unconsciously. Even without written laws. Hallelujah. A civilized society is that which is able to keep records through art and writings. Understand this? That's very crucial. In the book of Acts chapter 20 verse 27 the Bible says, I have not shown to declare unto you the whole counsel of God. Now when you get down to the book of 2 Timothy 2 verse number 2, Paul writes again, and the things that I have heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to what? Faithful men who shall be able to teach others civilized society. By implication, you don't get visions that cannot be documented for other generation of people to benefit from. So every civilized society documents their visions, their findings, their developments. Hallelujah. And this also can be done through the acts. Basically, if you want to find the, 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 the very... See, if you're looking at a situation or a civilization that is going down or coming... Or, or, I mean, coming down or going up. If you really want to assess any civilization that is either going up or coming down, you can find them through the acts of that nation. The kind of film they produce, the kind of acts, the paintings or whatever. You can know if they are either going back or they are moving forward. Because the culture of the people is reflecting the art. Is that alright? So if you study the art of any nation, you can see how developed they were or how backward they are going. And that gives you room now to think as a young man, as a young lady who probably could be involved in the art. Will you be a pioneer? Or just be one of those crude stuff kind of person that is not going to make the nation that you are living in to have a future? Because through your art, you can part a way, you can chart a way that others can follow. You speak more to volumes of people through your art than talking to people even through the pulpit. Because even the unbelieving man who doesn't want to watch you on the screen can watch your act work. Am I still talking to someone here? It could be your writings, it could be your filmmaking, it could be your act, it could be your drawings. You can involve a society, a new orientation through your artwork. And so you can be a pioneer in that regard. In raising another culture and identity that other people can follow in, especially as a believer that brings glory to God. And I'll make you see that when we get into the issue of uh, what you call calling to the ministry. But just let me say this. Scripture says, whatever thing you do, do it what? To the glory of God. That's the key as a believer. So even your painting should reflect God's glory. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's get down a little bit. One of the concepts of a civilized society is the specialization of workers. In a civilized society, there are what we call specialization. 
Hallelujah. Everybody knows what he or she is gifted for and can do in a civilized society. And the only way you bring that out is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27-28. It says, Now ye, the body of Christ, and members in particular, and God has set some in the church, first apostles, second really, prophets, trial teachers, after their miracles, then gift of healings, helps, government, diversity of tongues, are all, the question is, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? And of course, the answer says no. Specialization. Civilized society. It's a major concept. Therefore, you must know exactly what God has deposited in your life. And that takes away all the schemes, all the troubles, whatever. So if we're living in a civilized society, it's going to be an absence of trouble because we know exactly what we can do. We complement one another. So there is no trouble, there is no envy, there is no jealousy. Those things ought not to be in a civilized society. Don't forget what we're dealing with. Pioneers of what? Kingdom civilization. By implication, it's expected that someone who comes to this camp and is hearing this to be a peacemaker wherever you find yourself. Because everything that will bring trouble and clash it between people can be eradicated as people know exactly what they are supposed to do. Knowing that, we complement one another. Hallelujah. So, we have what we call many members. So, another thing I would like to say here is Very close to that is what I call variation within the society. We're talking about, for instance, if it's going to be talking of a larger society, it's different coexisting things such as religion, you know, political bodies and things like that. Coexisting but without friction. Civilized society. If I one of the things that is totally eliminated from a civilized society is there is no feudism. In other words, no troubles, no quarrels. Religion can coexist with politics without any friction. That's a civilized society. And so even in the church, no matter what your office is or who you think you are, if you're working in a civilized mentality, there just can't be any trouble between you and the alien man. Never. Variation within the society in terms of co- Existence. Hallmark of a civilized society. Hallelujah. Let's move down a little bit. We know very well also in 1 Corinthians 20, the Bible talks about the spirit dividing to every man as he wills. Is that okay? Now, so God is not a confused person to have divided the spirit to each and every one of us as he will for us to profit. In other words, your own profit from the spirit different from our own profit from the spirit. But it's one spirit. I should be mindful of the profit that comes to me based on the gifting in my life. And you should be mindful of yours. While you exist to manifest the gifting in your life and profiting, I'm also profiting, manifesting my own. But the good thing about the whole thing is, my profiting is your benefit. Let me explain this to you. If I'm a good teacher, it is not for my sake. It is for your benefit. Do you understand that? 
but the gift of my ministry blesses me but it's for your benefit therefore there is nothing that God gives to you that is ultimately not for me <laughs> it is for my sake you get whatever thing you are having I tell you the truth it's not for you it's for my sake as your brother civilization your mind must go away from the issue of self greed hallelujah something struck me far back now and I'll be reading the word and Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus and he used this statement. If we tell you earthly things and you can understand, how can we tell you of heavenly things? But it was one man, brother. It was one man talking to one man. Who is the we there? <laughs> Do you understand that? Right from that time, I tried to change my language. I must connect to the body. And so, in Revelation, the spirit Bible said, the spirit and the bride say, come, we everything that has to do with me must die in a civilized society. The spirit and the bride say, come. So, if we tell you all the things, why is this all? Because anytime I speak, it is my thought sending me to speak. That I'm not speaking of my own, I'm speaking as one sent by the church. So, it's a we. Hallelujah. For Christ, is him and the Holy Spirit. is him and God. In fact, he was not alone. Is that alright? Hallelujah. So in a civilized society, the concept of mine, me, should die. Because everything that you are, you are for the sake of somebody else. Hallelujah. One of the hallmarks of a civilized society is technological advancement. How does that translate to what we are saying here as believers? It simply means, now remember what Daniel said in Daniel chapter 12, verse number 4. It says, seal the book until the end. For knowledge shall do what? Increase. Now, it's not only the knowledge of evil that needs to be increased. The knowledge of God also must increase. The hallmark of a civilized society is technological advancement. That means there has to be a continuous advancement improving on the lifestyle and the thing that they have been living on and with. And the scripture makes us to understand that even our faith must be from faith to faith from glory to glory. You can't be stagnated in your belief and still claim to be among those in the power you remove. Amen? For even that which you know now, God is still breathing upon it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. If you can't understand now, you will understand later. That the time comes that even the scripture you seem to know very well makes no more meaning to you. Why? Because something fresh is coming upon that which you seem to have known before. 
You can't be stagnated and still be a pioneer. You can't be stagnated and claim to be a civilized man. Never. Anytime you're repeating a thing over and over and over and again, it becomes boring. Amen. As far as spiritual things are concerned, it's not the issue of repetition, it's the issue of revelation. Praise the Lord. I'm amazed. I, I, I was thinking about this. The guy that guides our house, this Muslim man, I'm amazed about the number of times I'm sure that guy is breaking the commandment to pray three times a day. Was it three times a day that normally pray? That guy is breaking that rule because he's only more than three times. Five times, is it? Oh, five times. I'm sure he's only more than five. But what baffles me, well, I keep thinking, yesterday the rain was falling, I come out in the night and this guy was just praying by my gate. Open the gate, he was pronouncing, no, no, pray, pray, pray. Don't, don't remove your mat. Just come the beat. But I just begin to picture, what is God saying to this man? Because when the rain was falling, he packed his load and get down by my door mount to start praying. I just opened it, I was trying to put off my gen. He was praying there and he went, I said, no, pray. And you're praying, but it's just that you don't know the God you're praying to. Because I don't understand what God is ever saying to you doing this thing continuously. Leaving your duty post to, I don't know. Because if we are doing what we are doing, the way you are doing it, this killing can go on there. What is God telling you? It's just a repetition of religious exercise that have nothing to do with spirituality. A civilized man doesn't live his life that way. There has to be a progression. So in the natural society, it's technological advancement. In the spiritual palace, it is spiritual progression. Hallelujah. I posted something recently on the Facebook. The devil have no time. Doesn't even bother. Doesn't worry with those who repeat religious dogmas and creed. It's only disturbed by those who walk by progressive revelation. Because he knows this man can discover who they are. But on a religious basis, when you repeat things all over and over, it doesn't bother. He knows you're already dead. He doesn't bother about you. He doesn't. I don't expect you to leave this camp and remain the same and come back the same next year. Then you have not tapped into the spirit of this pioneering grace we are talking about. You have not understood what civilization is all about. Civilization is not... <laughs> Sorry, there are young guys here, but I'm going to say this all the same. Civilization is not, what do you call this? Exposing your, aha. Uh -huh. Is it not, lower is a better word. Sagging makes it more, uh-huh. No, that is not civilization. It's not. You are just being carried away by some people who could not help themselves. I have said it before. Maybe I'll repeat it again. How many of you know the origin of sagging is directly connected to prisons? Yes. You know that? Yes. Prisoners who do not have belts to hold their trousers, trousers were falling from their waist because when they give them trousers, some trousers are bigger than their waist and they don't give them belts in the prison yard so that they don't struggle themselves. And so when they put on their trousers, they'll be falling. 
And they came out of prison and somebody picked that and they called it fashion. Oh, come on. You are a prisoner in your mind. Hallelujah. That is not civilization. <laughs> We're talking of bringing things, advancing humanity, setting them into the path to inherit that with God. Created them for, destined them for, ordained for them. Praise the Lord. And you babies, I don't want to talk to you. But you know yourselves. <laughs> you see all kind of crazy stuff going on in the street in the name of fashion. Where are the Christian fashion designers? Where are they? You see, girls, my daughter's girls, you know, all these kind of useless things you put on. Where does it come from? Some stupid fellows behind the scene just trying to control you through the media. You have no mind of your own. You see this on, on media, see this on window dressing, you go for it. And the unfortunate thing is the more stupid it looks, the more costly it is. Doesn't make sense. Are you talking about civilization? You can't go that way. Getting back to the early man stage. How many of you know this stone age? Where men were literally walking naked and clothing themselves with fig leaves. And that's exactly where we are now. And you call it fashion. You call it, it's not civilization. It's crudeness. Come out of that. Think straight. Help me tell your neighbor, it's time to think straight. Yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. Hmm? You expose your straps and all that. You know, there are something. What do you call it? Undie. Why is it undie? It means something that cannot be seen. Am I correct? Undies, underwear. That means something. That, so when what cannot be seen is made seen, you are stupid. You don't know what you're doing. Hmm? That's why you call it undies. Am I right? <laughs> Sometimes you think you're fashionable, but you lose respect. Hmm? You lose respect. You don't know, but you lose respect. You may look, you think you're fashionable. You, you may be fashionable, but you're not civilized. No, these are two different things. I'm talking of civilization. I'm not talking about fashion in that crazy sense. You may think you're fashionable for the season that you are, but you are not a civilized person. Because you're not breaking part, you're not opening any part, you're not finding anything for anybody to follow. You just follow whatever is on the street. Never. Be yourself. Hallelujah. Amen. Another hallmark of civilization is enlightenment. Hmm? When you say society is civilized, it means, let me use the word, 80% of that society of the people living in that society, they are enlightened. Is that all right? And so, in the years past, or in the decades past, you can compare the Greek with the African continent. <laughs> what was the difference? Enlightenment. They had a lot of great philosophers. And you can see in Mass Hill, they went to, Paul was trying to speak and they asked him the question, what does this babbler got to say? What it, what it means to say is, this guy does not have what it takes to talk to our people. 
In the Greek society then, you see, before you go in to talk to the people, they want to examine your qualification. And so that's why Paul was writing in the book of 1 Corinthians, do I need letter of commendation or recommendation to you or from you? In other words, you are my recommendation. By reason of what I have deposited in your life, I can speak anywhere. You are my credentials. What do you mean to say? I don't need any paper to talk. Because I have made people my paper. Transformed lives. Is that alright? And that is what you should be thinking about. Those who come around you, how much enlightenment can you put into your lives as a pioneer? Because the more enlightened we are together, the better the society. Hallelujah. And you know what that means? Enlightenment, the word is 40 is to in the in the in the Greek. And one scripture I would like to use on that is Hebrew 10, verse 32. He said, But call to remembrance the former days, in which after you were enlightened or illuminated, you endure a great fight of affliction. When you were illuminated. A man who is illuminated is a man who has understanding and insight about the things that those around him doesn't have. In the true sense, every true believer is an illuminatee. Is that alright? That means you have light that the unbelievers doesn't have. And that's what makes it different between you and the unbelievers. Hallelujah. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. The word illumination in Hebrew 10 that I've read means to shine or to bring up, to enlighten, to illuminate, to make to see. By implication, when you come into the Lord, there is an illumination that takes place within your spirit man. Your understanding is a light and you see differently as compared to what other people see. Hallelujah. Amen? Okay. Uh, I talked a little bit of advancement. Remember that? Progressive development. Uh, tell him I have to be thinking of stopping now. Another hallmark of a civilized society is cultivation. Cultivation. Now, in cultivating, you are cultivating the ethics of the of the nation. That is the values of such a society has to be cultivated. Amen? When you cultivate, you try to nurse and nourish as it were like a seed. So now, if spirit of reformation is become a civilized community, that is expected that the ideals of the civilization be what? Cultivated. Now, how do you cultivate in the spiritual sense? Jesus made a simple statement. The comforter, John 14, 27, talks about the comforter. Remember that? That will bring to your remembrance. That's cultivation. And you find that in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 17. 
Paul was writing. For this cause have I sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son, and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. My ways. Somebody have to start to cultivate the ways of Paul to other people to harvest from. Every civilized society must cultivate her ideals. Are you following me? And that also shows that if you are a pioneer who have come into a civilized setting, there is a need for you to put in place the process of cultivating the ideals that makes you a civilized being. Hallelujah. Next thing I would like to say, every civilization or civilized society brings the people to the place of edification. Edification. It means building the persons of the said civilization. In the kingdom, this is done through the ministration of the gifts of the spirit. Edification. Every civilized society other than cultivating the ideas, they build the persons. In other words, if you belong to a civilized society, therefore definitely means there must be a transformed life and not just that, you cannot be who you are supposed to be by reason of the society you belong to. Is that alright? So, they must come to the place of edification. You don't do me things without being edified. Hallelujah. Edification is not the issue of getting goosebumps. I'm talking about growing in your spirit. And the awareness of what God has in mind for his people. Hallelujah. Amen. And this is why the scripture says, let everyone, Romans 15 too, let everyone of us please his neighbor for his good to edification, civilization. You don't try to run your brother down by the things you do. Every act of yours must edify your neighbor. Edification. It could be even a simple smile. Let it be the one that edifies. Is that alright? Your language must be the one that edifies. Very important. It's the principle of a civilized society. Amen? Alright. Another scripture you can pick up that is 1 Corinthians 14.3. But he that prophesies speaketh unto men to what? Edification and exhortation and comfort. Hallmark of a civilized society. First Corinthians 43. Okay, one more thing. I've been told my time is up. Let me just say a little bit of this. Another hallmark of a civilized society is refinement. Refinement. So we here we have cultural refinement. And it has to do with refinement of thoughts and cultural traits. Amen? Refinement of thoughts and cultural appreciation. Very important. And the scripture I have for you there is Romans 12 verse 2. And I'm reading from the... Permit me, I'm going to just say this, but it's very important we say this in addition to this in this tape. In Romans 12, verse 2, I read from the message translation. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Can I come again? Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking again. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. 
readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Romans 12 verse 2 from the message translation. It shows that some of us don't think about the things we do. And God is not intending us to do that. In the King just said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But I like this because I said, don't be so easily adjusted to the culture that you are in. Because there's a better culture, which is a civilized culture, more than the one you are in as a natural man. Hallelujah. Okay, so I will try to run up from this place. And to me, it's very important. Who is a civilized man? A man who is civilized is said to be civic-minded. Civic-minded. I would like you to know that. C-I-V-I-C. When somebody is civic-minded, it means he's civilized. What does that mean? In those days, there used to be the subject of civics in schools. Remember that? How many of you heard about it? Oh, civics. Primary school, civics, civics, civics. Okay. Now, the history of civics dates back to the earliest theories of civics by Confucius in ancient China and Plato in ancient Greeks. They actually developed the principle of physics for us. And, but physics basically is the study of rights and duties of citizenship. And it's very important. In other words, it is the study of government with attention to the role of citizens as opposed to external factors. Now, why is this important to us? Because we must know this. Within a given political or ethnical traditions, Civics refers to educating the citizens. Is that all right? Within a geographical setting or that of ethical situation, civics means the education of the citizens. And that is why we have to be civic-minded. What does that mean? We need to educate people on the right principles. So it's our duty if we be civilized people. To be civic minded. Am I communicating here? Very important. And so, when you look at the book of Ephesians 2, verse 19, the Bible talks about we've been fellow citizens of the household of faith. So, what is your duty as a civilized man? If you think you are, is to become civic what? Minded. What does that mean? Teaching people on how God governs his people. By implication, imparting to them the kingdom principles of God. Transforming their lives for who they are to come to another mindset. That becomes your civic responsibility that makes every one of us a preacher and a teacher. Hallelujah. Is that okay? And the kingdom principle basically you can find in Matthew chapter 5 down through 7. What you call the beautitudes. So the impartation of this beauty to people becomes your civic responsibility because you are bringing people into God's governance as kingdom citizens. Is that alright? Therefore you can't live here without 
being civic what? Minded. And what does that mean again? Teaching people on godly governance as it relates to what? His kingdom. Because we're talking about pioneers of kingdom civilization. And so we are citizens of God's kingdom. And civics have to do with citizenship, educating them of their right. Make people know what they stand to benefit in being in the kingdom. Because it is their citizenship to know their rights and their duties. As you do this, the Lord will bless you. Because you are becoming pioneers of God's kingdom. God bless you.